I, I want to play the, um, the Boston stations obviously have better, you know, they're a little more vested in the whole story. So I'd like to play a little more of their stuff. Nothing against some of our local affiliates, but they have been leading the charge. That's an interesting, that was an interesting email that the attorney for Brian Wall sent out. That was, um, you know, I'm going to try this case in court and not the media. I mean, I, I, let me hear this. Former prosecutor, strong case developing against Brian Walsh. Okay. I think we have sound on this. Well, I'm going to try this in the case. Well, what are you talking about? They're not leaking this. I don't know. I, I thought that was little bit of a stretch. I recognize she's a, a criminal. Def- I realize that's his attorney, Tracy Minor, and I recognize, I like prosecutors outline grisly Google searches. As I said, I think that's part of it. I think that that is part of it, that we're listing and you're, you're seeing, and let alone he was using the son's iPad in order to make these Google searches. Ugh. I mean, it's really just horrific, is what it is, is, and just so calculating. It does not, you know, they're going to say sounds premeditated because he was research or searching divorce, but, okay, let me hear, this is uh, some sound. In addition to that, uh, Brian Walsh is being held without bail. Right now, I want to bring in our legal analyst, Ben Megrian, with Henning Strategies. Uh, Ben, you've been a prosecutor for, you were a prosecutor for 10 years with the Suffolk DA's office. You were listening to this arraignment here along with me. Um, They talked about a lot of evidence here, going over some of the new evidence that we're learning about those Google searches made in the days after Anna Walsh disappeared. Some of them were very graphic, how long before a body starts to smell, how to stop a body from decomposing, 10 ways to dispose of a dead body, along with that DNA evidence, that forensic evidence. We know that investigators did find um, uh, some other items like a Tyvek suit, rags, towels, gloves, and Anna Walsh's DNA was found to be on that. So listening to the evidence that they laid out there, uh, what do you make of all of this? Well, um, it's, uh, it's clear to me that the district attorney's office has very strong circumstantial evidence uh, that Mr. Walsh committed this crime and that he murdered his wife. Uh, they do not have a recovered body, but they do have all of the links uh, in, in a, a sequence of events uh, to, to pr- put on a circumstantial case uh, and prove that case beyond a reasonable doubt if everything that they're saying uh, can be supported by the evidence that they claim that they have. Uh, so I think that this is a strong case for the government. You did not hear uh, the defense try to put up uh, any type of theory of their case. They merely conceded to the uh, order that the defendant be held without bail. Um, It sounds like this is about as strong a case as the government can get without having a a body. But you do use the word circumstantial as far as the evidence goes. How big of a challenge is that for prosecutors? Um, You can prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt two ways. One is by direct evidence, which is someone saying, I saw someone commit a crime. And one is by circumstantial evidence. Um, It's not that hard 
for a, uh, a district attorney's office to prove a case with circumstantial evidence. Uh, it just requires a jury to follow the links in the chain of evidence uh, in order to, to find that someone committed a crime beyond a reasonable doubt. What do you think are the strongest pieces of evidence? We discussed those Google searches that Brian Walsh made in the uh, days and hours after Anna's disappearance. Uh, they also discussed the DNA on the different items that were found um, over at the Peabody Transfer Station. As far as bags that Brian was seen dumping, according to uh, prosecutors there, um, all of that had already been incinerated and disposed of. So, um, so to speak, no, nothing else was found except for the DNA evidence. But uh, then in some of those bags, they discussed what Anna had been wearing, Hunter boots, a Prada purse. And they also talked about a COVID vaccine card in Anna's name. So does all of this add up to be very strong evidence? I would say, Antoinette, that this does add up to be very strong evidence. Um, all of these pieces of evidence taken together are going to allow the government to present a pretty compelling case to the jury. Uh, there's going to be video evidence that we heard about of the defendant going to these various dumpsters. That's going to be uh, pretty damning evidence for, for the defendant. Uh, there's also going to be video evidence of him going into the Home Depot to buy all of these supplies. Um, the government's going to want to also seek to interview people in the Home Depot who may have interacted with him to gather more information. But based on what we heard today and the statement of the facts that the prosecutor read, uh, this is a, a strong case for the Commonwealth. Conversely, how is his defense team going to proceed? His defense team right now has no uh, motivation to try to explain these charges away. The burden is entirely on the Commonwealth to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. As the defense team gets more information, they're going to start to develop a theory of the case and see if they may be able to lead a jury down a particular path uh, to create some reasonable doubt in order to defend these charges. Um, but right now, they're in more of reactionary mode as opposed to going out and trying to approve it, affirmatively prove anything. Do you think there's any one particular or group of evidence that's stronger than other pieces of evidence in this? I think that um, the evidence of the Google searches is going to be very difficult for the defendant to overcome. Um, we heard the one of the searches was as specific uh, as how long does it take to, uh, for a body to decompose in a plastic bag. Um, there's not a whole lot of nuance or ambiguity around that, Antoinette. Um, so what I would say is that if there's... Um, the, the defense is going to try to suppress pieces of evidence along the way, and perhaps we learn more information that the way that the police got to that laptop or that iPad to get to those searches was done in a way that could have infringed upon his constitutional rights. That's what the defense is going to be looking at later on. Can they suppress some of this evidence that you heard about? Was it obtained maybe not uh, in a way that, that would comply with the defense constitutional rights? And if so, the government doesn't get to use it. All right. Thank you so much, Ben, for your insight on all of this. I appreciate you having here. Uh, having you here with folks again that was pretty uh pretty good that was from uh channel five well good afternoon right now it's 141 and you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 and 99.9 fm so obviously very very uh compelling day i recognize that president um biden and the document scandal that's certainly out there Without question, right? And also, um, Governor McKee, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, talk about like lack of an aggressive approach. I, I think we're in for, 
I think we're in for a potentially very well i don't know what's going to happen it could end up very being very exciting if he gets indicted by the fbi but he is um he is not without question he's not the most aggressive governor that we've um that we've ever heard put it that way so um without question i mean his his idea of the sales tax is it's 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 embarrassing it's it's so meek and mild he i i just think it was pretty weak state of the state cutting sales tax matching edu- you, you can say all day long you want to match massachusetts on education but i i'll, I'll believe it when i see it they they can't even get control of they they can't get control of the teachers unions, period. And it kind of begins and ends there. I also want to mention totally random now at one forty three. This is an interesting story. Political. There's a poll out in Morning Consult. Now I recognize they're not the most reliable, but Morning Consult claims President Trump holds a seventeen point lead over Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in a hypothetical GOP primary matchup. So a uh, morning console poll release shows President Trump 48% support, followed by DeSantis with 31. But again, I'm, this, this is my reaction to that. You have to wait until they're on a stage. And you, you, I think it's very difficult to make any type of – we'll get a clearer picture when you start to see these individuals on a debate stage. Until then, I still come back to, I thought Scott Walker was a good example of that. You know, Mike Huckabee was also a good example of that. And John Kasich was another good example that maybe sounded good, sounded like the type of person. And then you heard them on the debate stage. Kasich always just kept telling the story that his father was a uh, worked in the post office and... Then the more that you started to hear him and see him, it just didn't. It just it it didn't work. You you could see that he was was clearly not the 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 strongest individual um, on the stage, and and certainly you know th- there's not even close as far as the strongest person on the stage. All right, folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 144. The Anna Walsh case, it is uh, between the Google searches and then what they found. I mean, there he is. There is, in fact, okay, I'm looking at NBC 10 Boston. Anna Walsh's mother in Serbia today told journalists she is feeling confused, doesn't want to talk to media anymore, reading so much false information about her daughter. Photos were given by Serbian News. It must be unimaginable for the mother. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I don't know. That, that poor woman has to live with that Otto Walsh was supposedly almost like begging the mother to to come to Boston. 
I want to play. This was the district attorney announcing yesterday, Michael Morrissey, the murder warrant for Brian Walsh. Norfolk District Attorney's Office have been involved in an intensive investigation into the fate of Anna Walsh, a 39-year-old cohousant mother of three, since she was first reported missing on January 4th. Early in this investigation, the police developed probable cause to believe that her husband, Brian Walsh, age 47, had misled police investigators on material matters important to the search for Anna Walsh. He is put not guilty to those charges and is currently being held at the Norfolk County House of Correction. A continued investigation has now allowed police to obtain an arrest warrant charging Brian Walsh with the murder of his wife. Mr. Walsh will be transported to the Quincy District Court for arraignment of the charge of murder. Additional details in the investigation and the evidence in support of those charges are likely to be presented at arraignment but will not be disclosed at this time. This marks the second allegation of domestic violence homicide in Norfolk County in less than a month. Our thoughts are very much for the family these crimes have left behind. You know, it's it's so, um, at 147, it, it's just so horrific. Grizzly is a good word. It's hard to, and there he is standing there, being brought in. Here's another story. Boston man arrested hiring a hitman to kill his wife. Charging documents say the man first tried to hire another hitman, only to have him take the money and disappear. That happens a lot. Oh, my God. Like, whew. Gruesome detail. Killed, dismembered, and discarded the body. I mean, that's, that's what he was doing in the new year. That's what he was doing in the new year. Let me just find this, um, you know, there's the picture of them on their their wedding day. A man accused trying to hire a hitman to kill a strained wife. Hmm. Let's see. A Boston man trying to hire a contract killer who was actually an undercover federal agent. Case began in November. Mohammed Chahuri was trying to find someone to kill his wife. He had paid someone to conduct the murder, but they took the money, did not follow through. That happens all the time. <laughs> the person who provided the tip also gave investigators the phone number and shared he indicated would rob a store if necessary to get the money to pay for the killing. An undercover agent posed as a hitman and met with him about the plot on several occasions, December and early January. It's alleged during these meetings, communication, he explained his wife wouldn't let him see his children. He wanted an undercover agent to rob and beat his wife and her boyfriend. So he would not be a suspect. Asked the agents how they would dispose of any evidence, provided them photographs of the wife and her boyfriend. Also gave the undercover agent information about the targets, where they live in their work schedules. It's alleged he ultimately, Chidori agreed to pay 4000 per murder with a deposit of 500 I thought it's normally 2000 but all right, 500 down. He was arrested Tuesday morning, met with an undercover agent, and gave them the $500 deposit. In 2019, he was charged with violating abuse prevention order protecting his wife, pled to sufficient facts, and received a continuance without a finding. He was in federal court yesterday to face one count of murder for hire. Terrible. My God, what is going on? 
God, all of this. I think I have sound of this, actually. Whew. Wow, the new year. Well, this actually started back in, uh, seemingly in, 2022. All right, let me play, um, I believe we have sound of this. Again, folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, 150 on this Wednesday. And it's brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Whether it's lunch, dinner, or drinks in the lounge, they're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You could pop in there right now and have a nice lunch, or you could go for dinner, or maybe have a nice drink in the lounge. All right, I want to play this uh, piece. Here we go. This is uh, Channel 5. Of trying to hire someone. Oh, hold on. Kill his wife and her boyfriend. And prosecutors say 46-year-old Mohammed Chowdhury met several times with an undercover agent posing as a contract killer and provided photographs of his wife and her new boyfriend, as well as a $500 deposit for the murders to be committed. He was arrested yesterday and faces up to 10 years behind bars if convicted. Oh. I mean, you know what? The, the element of... Um, of doing it, agreeing, and then they take off with the money. I hear about that a lot. That happens more than people realize. People watch too many, too many Soprano or Donnie Brasco, you know, too many mob films that they actually think that that type of thing goes on. More often than not, they just get scammed. Um, 4,000 a hit. And then, but need 500 down. Hmm. Uh, boy, the Anna Walsh case is just brutal, isn't it? Whew. Hard to believe. All right, let me play a little more. This is uh, Channel 5. Ugh. How gruesome. And then not only did he just do it and kill her a New Year's Eve and a New Year's morning, but then that's when the work started. Let me hear. This is a piece from uh, Channel 5 in Boston. We can now confirm that. Uh, Oh, hold on. Here we go. Brian Walsh is charged with her murder. Again, he's been charged with her murder. The warrant against Walsh issued moments ago by a clerk magistrate in Quincy District Court. Brian Walsh had previously been charged with misleading investigators regarding the disappearance of his wife. This all started when Anna Walsh, a mother of three young boys, was reported missing on January 4th. Uh. That report to police came from her employer, a high-profile real estate firm in Washington, D.C., she was last seen by a friend with her husband, Brian, on New Year's Eve at their home in Cohasset. Brian Walsh was first taken into custody back on January 8th. As a Five Investigates photographer captured this exclusive video of Walsh being led into the police department there in Cohasset in handcuffs. The next day, Walsh smiled here for the cameras as he was taken to his arraignment. In court, prosecutors alleged that he lied about his whereabouts after Anna's disappearance, including a trip to Home Depot where he paid 400 for various cleaning supplies. They also claim the police found blood in the Walsh's basement and a damaged knife. 
Five Investigates has learned that a search of a transfer station in Peabody in this case, which is not far from his mother's home in Swampscott, resulted in the discovery of a bloody rug, a tarp, and a hacksaw. All of those, we understand, were tested for DNA evidence. Again now, the news just in, Brian Walsh officially charged in the murder of his wife who's been missing, Anna Walsh. We expect to learn more in the hours ahead, of course. We're tracking every angle. Just horrible, folks. Just absolutely horrible, gruesome. It's tough to come up with the right adjectives at 154. And then that's it. He went into action. She's no longer missing. Um, and then you have his attorney, Tracy Miner, claiming that she's going to put on a vigorous defense on his behalf. And that's how it comes down. Tragically, she... But what, what I also, and again, it's it's one fifty five. good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. And good afternoon to everybody. I'm hearing from so many new listeners in the Massachusetts area. They like the fact that we have been covering this story, but it's what 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 is just so frightening is she had a plan. Things are going well for her. She's thirty nine years old. All right, so she married a bum, had three kids with him, but she had this exciting new job in Washington, and she's making money, and she pers- purchased a beautiful home, townhouse, and I spoke with someone that. Was very fond of her and knew her and helped her decorate the bedrooms for her three boys. And that's the excitement. She's going to bring them to D.C. And that's going to be their new life. And she'll make it work with, you know, work-wise and get someone that can watch the little one and juggle it all and... 2023 is going to be fantastic and no more of this going back and forth to, you know, always jumping on the plane and then lands at Logan and then has to take the ride share to Cohasset and then spending the weekend and let alone he's living in the house and he's got the, you know, the, the three boys with him and he's got his mother living there. And so, now, we don't know. It has not been revealed what their discussion was. But Brian Walsh came out today in court that he Googled, okay, so what's the best state to get a divorce in? So there must have been, you think there was maybe some talk of that. He was also in a lot of legal trouble. He was also being dragged into court on the problems with his father's estate and his father's will. I also heard that when police went in the house, the drawers in the house are filled with him where he's got lawyer letters and people threatening him. I mean, the guy just wouldn't pay anybody. And so her life is going in one direction. She's got her new life in D.C. She's now going to bring her three boys down there. There's no more going back and forth. And instead, you know, the husband's headed to federal prison. And she's looking forward, I'm sure, to getting a divorce from him. And 
let him just go off to prison and then deal with him whenever. But instead, he wasn't going to have it. Nope. There's no way. Wasn't. That's not the way he wanted it to go down. He decided instead that sometime, ah, and just those Google searches, terrible. Um, the way that that he then went about business in essentially just dismembering her and then disposing of the body into the different dumpsters in Abington and also in Brockton. It is really hard to wrap your head around. And all of this was going on while those three boys are then just in the house. They're in state custody, by the way. Well, folks, it's 159. It's very disturbing and very chilling that he not only killed her, he then misled police, didn't report her missing, dismembered her, and then disposed of her body parts in dumpsters in uh, Brockton, Abington. And then they did get the evidence that apparently he, he gave put in the dumpster in Swampscott, where his mother has the luxury apartment. Well, it's, it's, it's Wednesday, excuse me, dry throat. <clears throat> it's John DePietro. Enjoy you this Wednesday. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. WNRI Winsocket.